All right, welcome to Hawk Podcast 22. Today we're going to take a break from our normal uh, routine of talking about the data center industry and the market. We're talking a little bit about leadership, specifically talk, ask David some questions about how his leadership style has evolved over the years. Mm. Uh, so I am really looking forward to this. Yeah. And one of the things we do in our, our uh, Hawk Talk podcast with industry leaders is yeah. a lot of times you ask them, hey, how has your leadership style evolved? And I think you've gotten some really cool answers over the years. And again, yes. some of those people have influenced your leadership style sure. as well. So, you know, that may be something we could splice together, right? And, and maybe put together like a best of. Uh, I think that'd be really neat. Um, before we jump in, I got a couple things just announced that we got going around around here. Uh, we recently launched a new blog called Data Center Fundamentals. Yeah. And so, uh, contrary to popular belief, and something we're going to learn about today is that yeah. you did not. You were not born with innate data center knowledge. You know, were you, David? I know I trick everybody. I they think do. I just came out of the womb knowing about KW and megawatts sure. and all that stuff. No, there definitely was a, a process for that. So we have tried to create a blog series that would allow those that are new in the industry to uh, just quickly get up to speed with hey, what what is a data center, what is co-location, what is cloud, and and just the basics of the data center space, so that you can kind of build a foundation. Uh, and the fundamentals of moving forward in, in the industry and, and how that would, Im our goal is to help people kind of speed up that process, sure. the educational process. And that's really based on, I think, feedback that we've gotten from our customers, plus people that we know are on the side yeah. that are you very bet. new to the industry. Um, and they've said, you know, hey, somewhat not afraid to raise their hand, but we just know there's a lot of people on, on the site that need that information. Yeah. So it's a little bit like Vince Lombardi, you know, this is a football, this is a data center. And in fact, the first blog post was entitled, what is a data center? So there you go. great information. That's uh, right. And again, it is important, similar to that Vince Lombardi speech, to get the fundamentals right yeah. before you build on it. So. Yeah, and before you get into some of our other content, which is very yes. deep market analysis, yes. trends in the space. What's you know, we did five predictions for twenty twenty. What's happening in the space? And so to not understand those basics before you hear that is could be challenging. Sure. So again, plenty of people come on the site and they go right to eleven. Yep. They the knobs turn. Turn it up, up bro. That's up. like you when you work out, Mike. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's like a three and a half. Uh, you know. But then again, plenty of people who just again need to need to know it or a refresher. So look for that. If you did, if you missed it, check out podcast twenty one PTC wrap up. I know that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And again, ton of people out there. Great conversations you had. And then hyperscale predictions for twenty twenty. And then lastly, we we recently recorded a hawk talk with Eddie Shooter, the CTO of Switch. So take a look for that to be coming out shortly. All right, but up next is Podcast 22, Liggett on Leadership. Let's go. Well, David, I'm really looking forward to this podcast. You and I have had a lot of conversations over the years about what it means to be a good leader. Yes. So I'm looking forward to talking with you about how your leadership style evolved over the years. What were the key people and places that shaped your philosophy? Um, you know, one of the things, quickly, a definition I read about leadership, I thought this was great. It says, a great leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. He's the one that gets people to do the greatest things. Huh, so that's I think, good. You know, we're, we're going to see that. I think yeah. it'll come through in, in what you share. But let's start at the beginning. Uh, you know, coming out of college, you went to, I think, maybe something that maybe not a lot of people on this podcast are, are aware of. It's a faith-based sports camp called yeah. Canacuck. Yeah. Uh, and you worked with a guy named Joe White. You've talked yeah. about him a lot. Sure. So talk about that experience. Like you were there for five years. What was that experience like? Uh, what were some things you took away from that experience yeah. from a leadership standpoint? Yeah, no, great question. I think that if I think, you know, everybody can kind of look back on life experiences and probably look at the things that have maybe impacted them the most. And and if you haven't, you should. 
because it's a good exercise. And I will tell you that the five years out of college, so my wife and I, we went to Baylor, uh, graduated. And then over uh, when I was in college, I was actually working in the summers at this sports camp for kids. So it was a, you know, camp for 13 to 18 year olds. And we were using sports to, you know, spend time with kids, love them, encourage them in their faith and, um, and just to be people that represented great things. And so, uh, so did that in college and then out of college had the opportunity to go work there full time. So my wife and I actually moved to Missouri, lived there for five years. We spent a significant amount of time during the year. A lot of people are like, well, okay, what would you do during the year? It was like, you're not, kids aren't there in the, you know, during the year. So we traveled a bunch around the U S and would interview college students to come and work there in the summer and then also recruit kids to come as campers. And so, and this was a, this is a big sports camp. I mean, there's about, uh, there's eight different camps within the, the organization and, and they'll see 20,000 kids a summer. So the camp that I was at again, 13 to 18 year olds, uh, I was one of the directors there and just had a phenomenal experience. So what did, what did your like weekly cadence look like? Yeah. I know you've shared it with me and it's very, very different sure. than I think what we're experiencing. I always, today. I always laugh if, if you're, so if you listen, if you're a data center, uh, industry professional, this will, you know, be a little different. Uh, the podcast is going to be different. I mean, we're not talking about data center fundamentals or market analysis. We're talking about leadership. But I, I always say if I could take someone today in my current world, what we do data center wise into that world for one day, it would blow their mind. And if I could take one person in the, you know, sports camp, faith based world into this world, it would blow their mind, too, just because there's two totally different um, worlds and focuses as it relates to like what you're doing during the day. And so, uh, you know, over a week in the summer, I mean, we would be with the kids. So I coached, I came out of uh, high school and played football. And so that was kind of my, that's where I, my head goes from a sports perspective. Uh, I loved coaching kids through that. So during the week I'd help coach our football specialty. So teenagers, and these are kids that were trying to play high school, wanted to go on to play college. We'd go, uh, recruit college age, um, students to come like D one athletes to come and help teach football with us. So, um, you know, certainly is, so that's what I would do during the, the week with kids. And then I'd also just meet with them, help them process through things they were going on back home. We'd speak about different issues and topics that they were working through, you know, a, a teenager would be working through appropriately. And so it was, it was phenomenal, not just from the opportunity to get to do something like that at that age, but also just to get to, think about like impact your impact on other people and at that point in my life my sphere of influence everybody has a sphere of influence mine was you know teenage kids from across the u.s and also college students from across the u.s and so and so during the week in the summer you'd spend obviously with kids and then during the year we travel a bunch and then we'd also i mean again it's you're seeing you know three to 4,000 kids through that camp a summer. So there's plenty to do during the year to help get ready, planning programs, activities, et cetera. So that's what we do. And one of the people whose sphere of influence you were in was yeah. Joe White, the yes. guy who was running, who was you your bet. boss when you were there. He's yep. still there. Yep. Uh, so, and you've talked about him sure. a lot of times to me, but he's a very unique individual. Yes. So talk about what made him unique and what sure. were some of the things he did that rubbed off on you. Yeah, you bet. So if you know Canacuck as a camp, you know J Joe White as it relates to his impact this this sports camp I was at, I mean, the 32nd history, it started in 1926. And uh, it was one camp until 1978. And then Joe got involved and basically turned that into six or seven different camps. Camps are different term links, different focuses for kids. Um, but 
I think getting to work alongside him for five years, and I mean, I, it was it was an incredible time, a very refining time for me, um, because he was somebody that led by example, uh, was an encourager. Was you know when you talk, we talk about leadership, we talk about servant leadership. That's a biblical concept. It's a business concept. It's something that people talk about. It's another thing to see a leader of an organization actually do that. I mean, literally do it, and his ability to do that when a leader in an organization represents those attributes, whatever they are, I mean, they really, they just trickle down to different parts of, of the organization. And so, um, so anyway, working with him was awesome. Uh, and you know, when I think about some of the things that he was able, and it, like I said, if, if, if you know, Joe, people are going to nod their heads and go, absolutely. Like they would agree because he's done this with others, but a couple of things that he did that I thought were really impactful to me. Um, one is he would make, you know, every organization has like a hierarchy of, you know, order, right? Yep. You've got the leader all the way down to the bottom. And so one of the things that he was able to do that was incredibly impactful was that lowest level, that person, he would make you feel like if you, uh, your job was the most important job in the organization. And if you weren't able to complete that job, the organization was going to fall apart. So what you have is people working with um, extreme um you know, excitement into what they're doing, uh, regardless of what level they were at. You know, so it was, it was, it was really cool to watch that. That's, I was watching the Oscars last night and they were interviewing James Cameron and he oh, said yeah. he was, when he was 14 years old, his biology teacher of all people yeah. said, Hey, you should start a film class or yeah. a film club. Yeah. And you have, he goes, you have unlimited potential. And he okay. goes, when you're 14 years old and someone sure. tells you you have unlimited potential, yes. you believe it. Yeah. So and that's, so, you know, that sounds like a lot what Joe's doing. Yeah. Just and that's speaking, another, life and power into these kids yeah that's and that's another thing i mean leaders you know you oftentimes are able you know you, you see potential in people that they don't and i think you know that was a big thing that joe did with me is like just on kind of you know i was 22 to 27 when i worked there so you know very formidable and kind of you know just married um you know learning how to work uh a lot of the fundamentals around you know, working hard and those type of things. And so I think he was able to see things about me that I couldn't see myself. Uh, and just, as you mentioned, like breathe life into that. And so, you know, I think about the, the leadership opportunities we have as, as, you know, people in our work, people in our communities, people in our churches, people wherever it might be in our neighborhoods, on our street, to be able to do that with others. It's just, it's incredibly valuable. And a lot of times we just, we're too busy. We're too distracted. I'm David Liggett speaking here. I mean, it's very easy to go like to lose sight of that and when you really like break things down that's one of the most important things we could be doing with other people and that's a method of encouragement right it's it's to help people see things but anyway joe did that and then i got to share this story with him so or about him so he uh so we built this house in missouri and we had these huge oak trees um in our front yard and so every fall like the leaves would fall and it was just tons of leaves and so one day at like four, I got a call from him. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm working like for you in my office. Like, and he's like, hey, let's go. Uh, we're going to go blow the leaves out of your yard. So it's like, okay. So anyway, he comes, he comes by our house or he comes by my office, picks me up. He's got two of those backpack leaf blowers, you know, like the powerful ones that make you just feel good when you um, are doing them. And we spend probably two hours in our, my front yard blowing leaves down this hill. We built our house on this. It was kind of like a you know, kind of a little hill. So you can just kind of blow the leaves down the hill. So anyway, we spent two hours doing this 
And uh, what well, six, my wife and I, we had a dinner, something we had to go to. And so I said, hey, Joe, thank you so much. I'll take this, you know, and I'll finish up later. And he goes, oh, no, no, y'all go ahead. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going. I was like, no, like, seriously, you cannot keep, like, this is not something you should be doing. He's like, no, 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 I got it, I got it. So anyway, we go to dinner, come back. I guess it was a quick dinner. It was about an hour or so later. And he was still out there, you know, and he had finished the whole thing. And so I always think about when you're in a leadership position, your ability to, um, you know, serve others in little ways and big ways is, it's, it's like life impacting. I mean, this is the stuff that, you know, I look at that and I go, okay, if I'm ever going to go lead an organization or do something, that's how I would want to be. You know, I would want to do that for the people that I work with. And, you know, you talked about that phrase servant leadership, which you think a lot of people give lip service to. Yeah. But one of the, the talks I've heard our pastor give, he says, you know, here's these things we say we believe. Yeah. You know, and they get together as a staff on a weekly basis and they actually will, like, go around the room and talk about how they've lived that out. Sure. The week. He says, if you don't do that, yeah. they're not actual values. They're yeah, aspirational yeah, values. You bet. And so I think there's a lot of folks who have, there's a gap between the actual and the aspirational, between yes. what they say they believe. And so it sounds like Joe did a really great job of, of modeling for yeah. you. Hey, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Sure. And I'm going to put my leaf blower where my mouth is. Yeah, put it into play. And he also, <laughs> yeah, and he also valued people that, you know, the, the world probably doesn't, wouldn't value. Mm. Like if you're talking to him, you're the most important person in the room. I mean, he's the leader of a, I mean, this is a big organization. Um, I remember one time we were, about to catch a plane to go somewhere we're getting lunch somewhere at like a a store where they make your sandwich you know you tell them what you want like a subway almost you know and by the time the lady that was making his sandwich had finished the line he had like knew her name knew where she was from you know knew about her all in the span of while she's putting like tomatoes on his sandwich and all that stuff so anyway it was just a very there were just little things like that along the way that were impactful for me and made me realize that there's much bigger things going on besides like ambition to start a company or to grow something real big and all these different things you go hey what at the end of the day what matters most relationships and uh and you know how you treat people along the way so anyway that's i my my time at canicheck was phenomenal another cool thing is that you know there's that, that i'm experiencing now is that there's uh kids that i saw when you know they were 12 and i was probably 20 I'm a little older now, um, but now they're leading organizations. They're moms and dads. They're, uh, you know, workers in the workforce doing different things. And so it's been really uh, fun for me to get to hear people like at our church speak and think about, man, 20 years ago, we were pouring into that guy, you know, somewhere in Missouri, and now he's doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. So it's just been really fun to get to see that. And that's a great, I think, encouragement for young leaders is to say, like, hey, you may not see immediate transformation or results when you're pouring into people in your yeah. organization. I think I shared a story with you. I'll share it quickly. My dad uh, took a new job. I think it's about my age, yeah. you know, back in the early 90s. And oh, he, yeah. he had he kind of butted heads with this guy. And then that guy ended up leaving, going to a different organization. I'm not joking. 30 years later, almost 28 years later, writes him a letter, says, hey. I know we didn't see eye to eye. And he's like, I've done a lot of stuff in the last 30 years. I went to law school and I'm in seminary. And he goes, like, I look back at that time and I really appreciate the way that you interacted with me, even though we didn't see eye to eye. Sure. And so I think that helps me have hope when I'm talking to, you know, folks and say, like, especially when it's a hard conversation. Yeah. Say, say, you know what? I'm going to do my very best to act with integrity here. Uh, And if the results don't turn out the way they want, like, my hope is that, 
you know, five, 10, 15 years yeah, down the sure. road, that person can look back and go, I didn't get it now, I get it. Yeah. Now. I didn't get it then, I get it now. Yeah. And the business world is full of hard conversations. Oh, yeah. Our world, I mean, when you, I mean, doing what I've done over the past five years and, you know, it's like you wake up with a hundred problems, mm -hmm. you know, and a hundred things. Not sure it's not 99 problems? Sure. sure. Okay. <laughs> but, Either you know, rounding error. Yes, but you, you know, it's, and so in order to deal with those effectively and with the right mindset, I mean, you have, it's, you know, you have to have a greater vision. And if you don't, it's really hard to accomplish what you're trying to do. Sure. Uh, and treat people the way you want to, you know, treat them down the road. So. All right. So after five years of Canicock, you took yes. what I will consider is the most hardest of hard left turns. <laughs> <laughs> it landed at sure. CBRE uh, in the brokerage world, uh, not initially doing data center work, yeah. uh, but that's what eventually led to you getting sure. involved with data centers. So yeah. very different environments. So a couple yeah. things, you know, how did you take some of the things you'd learned at Canicock and bring them into that corporate yeah. world? And then what, what were some of the new things that you learned in that time at CB or what seven or eight years there? Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the first thing is just anything you start to do is just, it's hard work. I mean, if you, if you want to like do something that people haven't done before, you haven't done before, you've got to work hard at it. And this is probably, uh, it's easier said than done for people today, especially in our culture, because I think most people want to arrive a lot quicker than they probably do naturally. And they want results faster than, uh, you know, it takes to get them. But uh, so, so one thing was just hard work. I mean, I feel like I worked extremely hard when I was at Canicuck, you know, and the hours that we would keep and the things that we'd have to do uh, and just some of the professionalism. I, learned. I mean, listen, there's people here that are that are hearing, oh, you used to work at a camp and they have something in their head of what that means. You know, what it meant to me was it was a professional environment. I mean, and we would, you know, and during the summer, I mean, it was. It was extremely tiring. We'd run hard. So anyway, we worked really hard. So that was one thing. I was like, I just looked at this as another place to work hard. Um, and so that was one of the things that I saw. You know, the other thing I thought about, like the toughest audience I've ever had in my life, like I've done a lot of, you know, three things now out of college. I mean, worked at Canicuck, worked at CBRE, and now Data Center Hawk. The toughest audience I've ever had is teenagers. You know, if you can capture the minds and attention of teenagers, like that is the challenge of all challenges. Um, and I've got one living in my home now, so I, I know that that is the case. Um, and so I just, I think, you know, that was one thing that kind of, I think, prepared me for what we were doing in the real estate business, just trying to understand um, what's, who's our audience, you know? And I think, I think great leaders understand their audience really well, and they understand what their audience is trying to achieve, and then figuring out how to, you know, help them the most and in the most appropriate way. So that, so I think that's part of it. And then also too, I mean, I learned a lot about just business um, at Canica, and it was a, as a ministry, but you know, just about what are we trying to accomplish? You know, if you have a project you're trying to complete, how do you get to the finish line? How do you, you know, reverse engineer it back to make sure that you can hit the steps that you need to, to, you know, complete your task or goal or whatever it is. Um, how to deal with people. I mean, we talk about this a lot at our company now today is, you know, I'm just not looking for, we're not looking for people that are just smart in what they do. You can have a lot of smart people that do dumb things, <laughs> but we, you know, we want, we want smart people that can work together, that understand how to uh, do what they're doing to help other parts of the organization. We, we brought up a good example this morning in a, a meeting we had of, of going, Hey, we're, we're trying to coordinate things ac across different parts of our company 
and uh, it takes people that are humble, that listen to other people's feedback, that understand the total, you know, what we're trying to do. So all those things I learned there, and they just transferred over. I mean, it was a very – I would just almost laugh a couple years into that, to, the, to my role in the commercial real estate business is how much I did previous in a totally different capacity – you know, transferred over pretty naturally. And then about a year in, got involved in the data center business, you know, just by accident, which most people, if you talk about, like, you know, most people in the industry, if you're listening right now, you know, you've got some unique story about how you plugged in. You know, it's like I was doing, um, you know, battery work for this company, and then all of a sudden we opened up to the data center industry, and that became one of our core business lines or, you know, whatever the, whatever the story is. Um, and so that was really what, you know, I think I think those were the things that really – transferred over uh and i've really tried to you know whenever people do what we're doing right now which is talking about a a theoretical concept it's really easy to think the people that are talking based on their comments have it together you know have figured it out believe that they have and i just want to be very clear that that is not the case for for me i know it's not the case for you we've talked about this i've heard the phrase you know leaders aren't born they're forged sure yeah there's nothing simple quick yes or easy about that yes. process yeah. it takes a lot of time yeah and it takes a lot of intentionality yes you know i also think of like that that quote from goodwill hunting is you want to ask you about love and you quote me shakespeare you know ask you about leadership you quote me jim collins sure but have you really lived it have you yes have you gone through those ten thousand hours all the reps needed sure. to, to to hone your yeah. leadership you know philosophy yeah. and practice sure and so, i still think it's ha- like i'm uh, you know um i've reached the pinnacle of 40 and uh i, I still feel it's all like, downhill from here i know that's I'm what so i hear sorry but i i feel like every day is you know i'm it's probably the older you get the more you realize you don't know sure but it's just that process of you know trying to understand different ways to do it better and understanding where you didn't hit the mark and you know and i, I think you know, and then, that, um, and so I think my time at CBRE was really interesting because it helped me see how how, how those values, what I learned at Canacuck, really transferred over. Um, and you know, it just made me realize like how important people are. I mean, this whole thing, you know, is just is it's people, and it's how well you treat them, how you know um, much you value others, that really, at the end of the day, makes the biggest difference, in my opinion. So then through the rest of that time at CBRE, like who are the people and maybe some of the experiences that shaped you as a yeah. leader oh, to yeah. get you to the point? Ultimately, we said, hey, you know what? I'm going to start my own company. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's an Indiana Jones moment where you're stepping and you don't see the little bridge, oh, but you sure. think it's there. L- that's the last crusade. The faith. Yes. Yes. I remember Great that. Movie. And so, you know, you got to that point. So how did you get to that point? Yeah, sure. So I had, you know, and I, I, I love talking about my time at CBRE because it was, it was great. I mean, the, the people that I was able to work with there, uh, the leadership that was in place, um, you know, it was awesome for me to get to spend time and see how a corporate company casts their vision, executes their vision, uh, works within different teams. And so um, that was a great process for me. We got on, we, the team that I was on started in the data center space probably like 2008. And it was a really young time in our business. We, we talk about the, the data center industry is still young, but back then it was very young. Uh, we were just coming into a really hard time as it related to the capital markets. So the economy was going south and we were focusing on an asset class that was rather small. But the neat thing was, is that's the time that it really started to grow. So we were, I always say like front row seats, almost uh, not intentionally, 
to this time period where the industry has done what it's done over the last 10 years and it has grown exponentially. And, uh, and so I think, so there's a couple things that happened to that. Number one is I recognize that this was almost like a ghost industry where it was really hard to understand, um, where things were, how much they cost. You know, there were weird components. Electricity was a big part of the, the discussion and, the, and the, the cost analysis. So that was one thing. And then the second was it served something that was so important for all companies. Was, this isn't like uh, part of a company that if it goes down, it's not a big deal. You know, this is critical to a company's success. And so you put those two together, I always felt like there was an opportunity to um, entrepreneurial do you know create something that was uh, that was missing from our industry and so um, and I've always had an entrepreneurial background you know I love making I love thinking about inefficient processes and making them better and kind of dreaming up the vision behind that now there's a big difference between dreaming up the vision and actually going and executing it a lot of people have ideas and this was kind of the thing like a lot of people have ideas. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have told me, oh, yeah, I was going to do something like that. Or, oh, yeah, that's a great, you know. Um, but once I got comfortable, I literally said to myself, I was like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, literally, like, what's – and I had a great my, – my time at CBRE was awesome. I mean, the team I was working for, I, I, I still have great relationships with those team members. I, I love them. I mean, they are – they were great to work with. The leader that leads that business, I think, is, a, you know, is a great friend of mine. Um, so leaving was hard relationally, but once I get close, once I got, uh, comfortable with like failing, um, and that's not normally like com comfortable for me. I mean, I'm a, I like to go and I mean, you know, I like to, All I don't, do is win. I don't, <laughs> well, that's not true, but I don't like to, you know, my <laughs> yeah, natural tendency is like, I don't, I'm, I some don't people like accept losing easier, like, yes. more easily than others. And you sure, are not one of those sure. people. So, um, you mentioned, you know, the, what's the worst thing that could happen. Yeah. So I, I think that harkens back to a conversation you had probably what, two years before starting the company. Talk about who was that with, where was that conversation had and what was kind of the outflow of it? Yeah. I mean, so I think, um, I think, you know, I had had some, I am always trying to find, uh, men that have gone before me and, you know, in multiple areas, you know, business, family, faith leadership and learn from them. And so I was really fortunate uh, right when I got back to Dallas to, to sync up with some gentlemen that were just, they were uh, interested in helping younger guys like me figure out the right path. And, and so um, I had a lot of conversations with them just about kind of my life and my purpose and where I was headed and what I was doing. And they just always encouraged me like, Hey, what would, what would, what do you want to go do? And what would that look like? And so I mean, I literally spent a year or two working my way through that and, um, and you know, finally got to the point where there were some questions about, well, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, what, what is, I mean, let's play it out. And that was really, so that was really good for me to think about and go, well, the worst that could happen really isn't that bad. I mean, it, it might be bad in my head, but like the reality of it, it's not that bad. It's life. It just, sometimes you try things, they work, sometimes they don't. And, um, and I think that holds a lot of people back, not just from starting a business, but there's a lot of just the fear of failure that holds people back. I know a lot of people use it as a motivational deal. Like, hey, I don't want to fail and I'm going to go work real hard so I don't fail. But I think it holds a lot of, you know, the negative of that is it holds a ton of people back from doing things that, you know, they probably wouldn't do unless they just got the gumption to go out there and try. And so once I got over that, the wheels were in motion. I mean, we were moving. So that was 2014. Yep. 
Data Center Hawk. Yep. Becomes from vision to reality. Yeah, sure. So at that point in time, you know, you were what? Early 30s. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Gosh. Early mid 30s. And, mm-hmm. you know, assuming you got some confidence in your abilities as a leader and, and yeah. you know, had learned a few things. But what, what was the most challenging part of those early years uh, of Data Center Hawk? What is, what is the things you learned that you thought, yeah, I thought I knew X, but it turns out it was Y, yeah. you know, at um, that time? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we, we have a saying around here a lot that has kind of, you know, it started as a joke, but I think it's become something that I think is true. Isn't it like uh, if it wasn't hard, somebody else would have done it. And, you know, what we're doing is hard work. I mean, it's still hard. We're five years in. I don't want to trick anybody. Like, we're still hustling, man. You know, I mean, every day we've got our tasks that we're trying to complete. And um, so it always – I think it takes longer than – I think what I'm learning is, you know, any path that you're on, most of the time for 99% of the people out there, it takes longer than you think. I think that's that's a great point of just battling the expectations. It seems like you can't click on, <clears throat> you know, Bloomberg Business or Forbes sure. or whatever else and see like, oh, this – 23-year-old just made, got a billion-dollar sure. cash out. And yeah. it just you just bombarded with that stuff yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. And you have to fight against the expectations both in yourself and I think yeah. organizationally. Yeah, no, that's it, good. Because like, we can all look and be like, dude, where's our, sure. where's our unicorn designation? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think the other thing that's interesting about that is I always think about, like, you think of, like, startups in the way that the oh, leader is. Per- is such a sexy word. And, <laughs> and let me and, tell you what, it ain't. And, the, and that the leader is personified a certain way. And, you know, I've had to, I've, you know, it's got to be a driver and this and that. And I've had to, like, take a step back and go, hey, what is my, uh, I don't want to get caught up in that. You know, I don't want to get caught up in the way that the world is supposed to think of, you know, the way a business in their mind fits this box. Yeah. And the leader fits this box. Uh, so that's another thing is, like, I've had to go, hey, I've had to accept a number of things that I, I'm gifted at and do well. And there, I'm, I'm certainly, like, I believe, like, hey, I've got certain things I can offer to our business that, no one else in here can just like you have those things and i look at myself and i go there's some things like i should not be doing because i'm not gifted that way and you know what they are the whole company knows what they are you know but it's just i think it's getting comfortable with that and being like uh, understanding that and maybe it's having hopefully having the humility enough to understand that like the when you start a business you wear all the hats and you know maybe this is just a psa to all people that are doing this the quicker you can find competent people to give responsibility and delegation to or delegate responsibility to is uh, it's freeing. It's it'll expand your organization faster than you could ever do on your own. And it uh, and I think it just helps with momentum. Sure. And so, you know, so I think that's one of the things that I look back on and go, I wish it would have that faster. Uh, finding people that we could really trust and give, you know, leadership responsibilities to and say, Hey, go, you're going to do this better than I am. We're not, it's not going to be perfect, but go and get it done. And we'll, you know, figure it out as we go. Yeah. As someone who you hired a year ago, I wish you'd done it faster too. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been That's having this thing. for three or four years going That's on now. Thing. No, no. Um, so, you know, we talk about it. We've got, I'm looking over at our core values, hungry, humble, smart, proactive. Yes. You know, how did you come up with those? Yeah. If there's a backstory on some of those or where, sure. how those became refined to where they are today. Yeah. And you know, if you've, if you've read, uh, so Patrick Lencioni is a, uh, leadership kind of guru and he had done some work around almost like a, a, a Jim Collins you know uh, good to great study that Lencioni and his team did and basically these were the traits three of those four traits they found you know uh, consistent across these organizations that they studied successful organizations with the you know that the people had humility um, 
that they and and you know even one of our team members in a leadership meeting the other day talked about like humility to them was that they you know they accurately thought of themselves and the you know the realistic light you know they were able to see like hey these are things i do well and these are things that i don't and how can i improve what i'm you know and like that is when you can do that when you're an individual that can do that, i mean that's one of the things we're working with our kids on right now 13 and nine two boys mm-hmm. and trying to help them understand hey I just want you to understand reality and here's things that you are you know, incredibly gifted in. And here's things that like, we want to see you develop. I and mean, these are character traits we want to encourage you in. And we want to see, you know, this, you might be lacking here. And so it's my job as a dad or the mom to help you see those traits, you know? Um, so that's, that's one thing on the, the, the humility side, but he basically found that these three traits were in, you know, uh, hungry, uh, humble and smart. And, and and then we added the the proactive one, which is really around we we changed it from from to proactive from move ball forward, which you know like what we do is you know one victory is a thousand little victories that were happening five years ago. You know, I mean, like, and I think we we laugh all the time about sometimes things just happen that are good, but the reality is is like the reason that that takes place is because of the little things done along the way to get to that goal line, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a football guy or think in the world of football. And so you just think about like every play in order to advance the ball 10 yards, there's like 50 things that have to go right for that to happen. Doesn't just happen. Yeah. You know, center's got another play. He's got to snap the ball, right? No one can be penalized. The one left of them guard screws has to, up. Yeah. You know, so that's the whole thing. It's, it's yeah. On the so, offense or the defensive side, yeah, you can so, just, just foul up the whole thing. So we just, you know, we're just trying every day around here to just move it forward just a little bit, just a yep. little bit, just a little bit. So that that's really where those came from. And, um, and you know, there's, there's other organizations that have similar uh, characteristics, but we talk about them a lot. And we hope, you know, that everyone here knows what they are and is doing their best. And listen, we're not going to hit them every time. I mean, I'm, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I uh, do those things every day perfectly because I certainly don't. But they're on my wall for a reason. And my thought is that if the guy in that office isn't being me, meaning me, isn't the one that's demonstrating those, then how can I, why would I expect other people to do it? Yeah, so. I, th- I think in, in so many areas, like we need to be reminded yeah. of things on a daily basis. Yeah. And otherwise they'll just kind of fall by the way. Yeah, and they're there. And we need to constantly be taking our own temperature. Sure. And the temperature of each other say, hey, how are we exhibiting these values? If not, they're just aspirational. Sure. And we might as well put, hey, we want to be a billion dollar company. Sure. And just write that on the wall. <laughs> it doesn't make it any more true than if you didn't write sure. it on the wall. But yeah. the constant attention that you give to yeah. that is, is where is what separates the men from the boys there. So all right, I got two more questions. Let's go. You know, we talked about this at the top. Say, so, hey, one of the things we've done here is this Hawk Talk series where we're sitting down with leaders. Yes. Uh, and you talk, you ask a lot of them, hey, what did, you may be on camera or off camera. Hey, what are, what are some of the things that have shaped your your leadership style? Yeah. So it's just talk about a couple of those that have been really impactful to you over the years. Yeah. Uh, and that you've that you've taken away and go and maybe internalize some of it and maybe baked it into your own philosophy. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, so, yeah, we, we talk to data center industry leaders and we ask them different questions. The you know, what came to my mind, one was Clint Hyden, who's the chief revenue officer of a QTS, talking about, you know, how his dad influenced him along the way. And one of the things he mentioned about his dad, which I thought was interesting, was as he was growing up, he was watching his dad uh, lead an organization in the role that he was in. And, and his mom, Clint's mom, said something to him about how, you know, the people that are working for your dad, they always want to work for him. And there's a reason why. 
And so he was just talking about how he valued people, how he treated people really well. And it was interesting to see how Clint picked that up. That was really interesting. Um, you know, I think when we you mentioned at the beginning of this discussion, uh, the, the Eddie Shooter interview that we did with Switch, he has a really interesting background and just like the people that influenced him along the way, I thought was really interesting from a leadership style. Uh, and he certainly, you know, it looks like is is um, exemplifying those traits now today to where he is. Um, but I think a lot of it goes back to just there are people I mean, I think about this. I think so many times in our world we want to think about, you know, we've got to go do these big things or we've got to uh, make commitments to do this this stuff that's outside of our normal everyday stuff. And the reality is, like, you have opportunities every day to impact positively or negatively the people that you're around. And so from a leadership perspective, it's just personal leadership, right? It's just understanding that, hey, the people I come into contact with at work – like that's probably one of the biggest opportunities I have to encourage, to challenge, to to love on, to you know push to be better. Um, you know, maybe that's your biggest opportunity. If you're you know at home with kids, like right now in that season, that's probably your biggest opportunity. You know, if you're uh, in college with your friends, that's probably your biggest opportunity. So it's just recognizing that day to day, every day, there's little opportunities here or there. Uh, to personally lead yourself well and, you know, impact other people. And so I think that's, you know, and, you, and I think you've seen that through the people that I've interviewed and discussed. You, if, if they give you a history of their background, you can, you can see that popping up, the people that they've interviewed or the people that they've impacted along the way. And you can check those out again on our YouTube channel. There's yes. a ton of them out there. They're great. Again, I think yeah. it'd be cool to put together a little compilation just of all the sure. leadership-focused yeah. conversations you've had. So. You know, and then last, I think anybody who's known you for a while, David, probably knows that one of the things that's really shaped you a lot is your faith. Yeah. It has a really pr- profound impact on sure. who you are as a man, as a dad, as a yeah. husband, and as a business leader. So we talk a little bit about that. Like, what has that journey been like over the years? Yeah. So, I mean, I just, the, you know, I grew up, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but then accepted Christ at a young age. And, um, and then just over time have had, uh, you know, been part of a church here in Dallas and, you know, people I think that have just encouraged me in my faith and, um, and you know, it's been, it's been a journey and, uh, I'm, you know, thankful that, uh, I've been in a situation where I've got, I can kind of see that I don't have it all together. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things about, you know, the Christian faith is you recognize that, you know, you need help, uh, and there's areas that you just can't succeed in. And so, you know, the, you basically accept Christ into your heart for, um, you know, the fact that you're a sinner and, and, and then you let him start going to work on you. And so I think every day I realize there's areas in my life that I need to, you know, just be faithful with. And, um, and so that comes out in a lot of like, you know, hopefully that comes out in our company. I mean, we don't, we don't talk a lot about like faith issues, but certainly we're trying to lead in a way that would, um, put others above ourselves and would, you know, uh, honor the way that I believe that I should lead this company uh, based on my faith. It, it impacts things like from a family perspective. So, you know, how we parent and love our kids and challenge our kids and discipline our kids at times, um, probably more times than I'd like to admit. Um, you know, and, and just from a community standpoint, I mean, really trying to figure out ways to impact people 
that we come into contact with on a day-to-day basis. So, you know, I don't, we don't talk about it a ton business-wise, but certainly not ashamed of it and thankful that we're in a uh, place that we can live that out and, and also admit that like, Hey, we don't do it right all the time. I mean, we, you know, there's times that I blow it and I have to ask people for forgiveness and um, you know, and it's just, it's uh, you know, it's a process and, you know, understanding areas where, uh, you want to grow and uh, have areas to grow. I mean, it's it takes a lot of time and work, but it's it's worth it. And it's certainly something that is a big part of my life. And, you know, God willing, will continue to be. And I, I would say just as a friend and yeah. as a, uh, you know, co-worker with you, sure. I think certainly see that come through. Yeah. Uh, I just want to encourage you in that. But, you know, a lot of the things, the principles that Jesus taught in the Bible or that were in the Old Testament Proverbs are just yeah. so applicable to business. It's yeah. like, you know, plans fail for lack of advice with many counselors sure. that succeed. Oh, my gosh. That's the the fundamentals of management consulting. So, yeah. Sure. Uh, or like uh, treat others how you want to be treated. Or yeah. ask forgiveness when you screw you up. Bet. Like admitting when you're wrong. Yeah, so many I'll people are you, just unwilling to do that. Yeah, and I think you, it really hamstrings them. Yeah. One of our, one of the first years or two that we were doing Data Center Hawk, I was working with somebody and I, we got somebody on our platform and the situation just did not go well. And I, um, and I like had to take a hard look at myself, talk to our team. I was like, hey, what's, you know, what, what happened here? And then I just went back to the person and was like, hey, we blew it. Like we, David Liggett. Uh, you know, did not do, didn't do a great job here. And so we're just going to make this right. And we're, you know, and so we took the right steps, in my opinion. I think the person thought that we did as well. And, uh, and we just humbled ourselves, owned what we need to own, tried to solve the problem. And, you know, they're one of our largest customers today. That's great. And it wasn't a, you know, not every story works out that way. Uh, But it was a great reminder to me that like, People just working with people when if you, you know, most of the time, if you do what's right, uh, typically good things happen. Not always, but, um, and so it's certainly something for us to, you know, I've shared that story with our team a number of times. It's certainly something that I'm focused on as a, as a leader on going, hey, are we um, doing the right thing and doing it in a way that honors others and, and you know, ho- hopefully helps grow our company in a great way. So. And I think you know, that specific example, you have to have a level of humility to say that, yeah. to take those steps. Sure. And so, you know, you're not just going to accidentally stumble into that. Yeah. So it's just a, res- it's a result of a pattern of lifestyle that you've yeah. had. So, you know, uh, I think it's a great example of just, you know, living that out. Yeah. And having people, I think they can speak into your world and help you problem solve and help mm-hmm. you see things you can't see. So a lot of people, I think in this role, the role that I'm in would go, you're the leader, you, you know, you what you do is right and all these different things. And, and I am the leader of our company, but you know, not all the time my thinking is right. I mean, and so it's good for me to help take what's up here and get it out to others and kind of listen, uh, and be able to formulate a, a good perspective, uh, be, because other people have some really valuable thoughts to add, especially now that we've grown our company. You know, I've spent the last year, really investing in people at our company that can now take the gifts they've been given and go do, you know, greater things. And so I think the, I think that for me, I'm always reminded it's always good. And this is a great, you know, there's almost like leadership one-on-one, but to have people in your world that can help you think through work situations, life situations, et cetera. So you're not by yourself thinking through things and making the wrong decisions. Great. Well, hey, that was really neat to Leadership. see where you've come from, <laughs> yeah, man. where we're at today. And again, it's it's a journey. It's never done. Yeah. So we you hope bet. that the podcast audience enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. 
you and know, next p- podcast 23, we'll be back to our normal data cadence. center programming. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I just hope that like, you know, if you're listening to this and you're in a, you know, you're somewhere in the data center world or the business world, or maybe, maybe not. Uh, I just hope you recognize that, you know, you've got gifts and, and talents that are like uniquely designed to just you. And, and so how those play out with the people that you interact with every day is like, what a great purpose, you know, great opportunities to encourage others. Like we talked about challenge others, um, to lead within your, uh, realm of influence and to do it really well, you know, and that's, uh, that's a key component, man. If you get people in your organization that are doing that, I mean, these are the people that rise up to lead organizations and do things that, um, you have never been done. And so I just, I don't know where you are or what you're doing, but I, from my perspective, and I know Mike, you too, just from our perspective, we just want to encourage, you know, I think that the goal today was hopefully to encourage people to lead well, wherever they are. So. Yeah. And again, in, in a look at the people that you're under leadership from, what can you learn from them? And it can be yeah, good or bad. Sure. You know, like, you Hey, I, when, when I'm a leader, I want to do those three things that I see doing really well. I'm not going to do those other things yeah. that have not helped me. So certainly the intentionality there is, is, is you know, apt. Love it. So, all right. Thanks guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time.